usually preach in series uh, preaching. I'm a series kind of preacher, which means basically, you know, you take one thought and you sort of preach it, you know, over the course of a couple of weeks. This kind of helps you remember. It helps me as a preacher. helps, you know, you maybe sort of take that one thought. I grew up and sort of, sort of everything that we, you know, could say, we said all in one Sunday. And then next week we just made up other stuff that we didn't even know what we were talking about. Just to say everything in that Sunday. So a series kind of lets you spread that stuff out. But uh, today I'm going to preach. Uh, we're starting a new series next week. It's going to be dynamic leading up to Easter. I am so pumped about this. I can't wait to preach the next three Sundays. But today I'm going to do a standalone message and kind of talk to you about uh, seasons in your life. Today's the last day of winter. Did you know that? Today's the last day. It's 80 degrees in southern Texas. Come on, everybody. Last day of winter. That's what I'm talking about. Next Tomorrow is spring. So just coming out of, you know, you got the flu and stomach virus and now you get allergies. <laughs> so this is going to be so good. And I'm just all the sneezing and everything for the next couple of uh, weeks. I am pumped about that. You can still come to church. Take you some Allegra. Get your tail to church, everybody, in springtime. But uh, I thought about seasons changing and the seasons of your life. And I, I want to preach about that today. Maybe especially if you're in a, a tough season, you're in a... Uh, a chapter of your life that is difficult, a season of your life that's uh, difficult, and I want to help you through that. We'll sort of center our attention around Romans, the eighth chapter. If you've been around church a long time, you know this. It says, and we know all things, that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who've been called according to his purpose. Verse 29, for those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. Verse 30, and those he predestined, he called. And those he called, he justified, and those he justified, he glorified. I love that, the, the, sort of the, you know, the way that you see that journey that happens right there. You're in a church that believes that God is more interested in your direction than he is your perfection. Amen, everybody. God's more interested in sort of how you're pointing your life and, and making sure that you're continuing on, on, on that journey. And I love how the Bible would say, listen, there's a journey that happens there that God predestines you and calls you. And those that he calls, he justifies. And then those that he justifies, he glorifies. And then verse 31, he says, what then shall we say in response to God's calling over our life? Like, how do we respond when we finally know that God's in charge of this whole thing, that my life is not my own, that God has called me to something great and something more and something big? How do we respond to that? He said, here's the response I want you to have. If God is for us, who can be against us? Amen, everybody? He said, that's how I want you to respond when you realize that God's called you to something more. In verse 32, he says, he who did not spare his own son gave us up for us all. How, how will he not also along with him graciously give us, I love this, all things. He said all things. He, he sort of began talking about everything's going to work for my good. Not my temporal good. Not everything's going to work out like a sitcom. Like, like in 30 minutes, you know, your whole life's going to just, everything's going to make sense. You know, like, like this is us and it just kind of all ends. So y'all watching this is us, don't lie. Y'all watching this is us. I don't know how the daddy dies. Do not tell me. I want him to just die so it's over with. I had to tell somebody that. I've been holding that in since we watched it. It just, there's just no resolution that happens like that. And some people look at their life and they say, man, I thought God was going to work everything for my good. Yeah, he's going to work everything for your eventual good, but not necessarily for the good of you on, you know, Monday morning. You know what I'm saying? And you look at your life and you go, man, I don't know how this is going to be good. And here's the reason why. It's because your life and my life is divided into seasons, what we're going to call today chapters in our life. I like to read physical 
books. I know that sounds contradictory because I like to read my Bible on you version, but I do that because I like, I like the guy with the British accent to read it out loud to me. You know what I'm saying? Because I think that's how God talks. And so I, I like that. But when, if there was a Morgan Freeman, I would let him read it out loud to me because I really think that's how God talks. And so, I, I, but when I read a, a, a book, I like to, a physical book. Anybody like to read physical books? Like I don't like to read on my Kindle or, or my iPad. I don't like that. I don't like audio books. Any audio book people? I don't. I, I can't retain. Like I don't. I don't retain it. I like a physical book. And when I go buy a new book, I, I start a lot of books. I don't finish a lot of books. Somebody asked me the other day, Pastor, how many books do you read? And I'm like, man, I'm reading like. 22 right now but I hadn't finished but like three of them but I, I like to start them and when you when you buy a new book I love to buy a new book we were just in a store yesterday and looking for new books and when I buy a book the first thing I do is sort of open it up and I look at the chapters the chapter titles of the book and especially if you're reading like a biography or nonfiction book you don't know all the details inside of the chapter you just kind of know this is what they've named the chapter and it's probably gonna be something about you know early childhood or, or this is when this happened or they, they kind of name the chapters in the book so it is with your life that if somebody was to look at your story and kind of open up your life they don't know all the details all they know is the chapter titles inside of your book and to be completely honest with you, some of those chapter titles you wish were not in your book. Amen, everybody? You wish everybody didn't know this is sort of what happened in, in, you know, in childhood. And, you know, the chapter called College, nobody wants that book. You know, nobody wants nobody to find out about that. You don't want your kids to read that chapter. Or this girlfriend or this breakup or this hurt or worse than that. You know, this was the hardest chapter of my life. I want to talk to you, especially today, if you're in a difficult season of your life. If you're in a hard season, if you're in what may be the, the worst chapter of your life, I want to talk to you today about God sort of using those chapters. I want to give you a couple of points to help you get through a bad chapter and a bad season. Are you ready for that? I hope you're taking good notes. You can do that on the back of your worship guide or inside of you version. Here's the first thing I want you to write down. that chapters are just a part of your story. They are not the whole story. Chapters are just a part of your story. They are not the whole story story a good book is made up of a lot of chapters but they're not mean to, to be the whole story you know they're, just, they're like ingredients in a recipe how many of you like to cook can I see your hands because I need to go somewhere for lunch right here I'm coming one of y'all whichever one of y'all is the biggest I don't trust skinny people that cook you know what I'm saying I, I want to I don't like to cook but I like to eat I know that's hard looking at me you recognizing that but I do I do like to eat now I don't like individual ingredients. Like, for instance, I don't like eggs when I think about eggs. Do you like eggs, anybody? I, I can't eat the souls of the unborn. I can't. I, that, that's, that's nasty. They're baby chickens. Yeah, yeah, y'all going to Waffle House afterwards. Y'all going to think about that now. I, if I see it, like, if I, if, like, cracking open the egg, I'm like, <laughs> I cannot, I can't, I can't be about that. That's nasty. I don't like flour by itself. I've never had just raw flour by itself or vegetable oil, but you know, by itself, it's made out of vegetables, so I probably hate it. But anyway, I don't, I don't like them by themselves. But when you put eggs and flour and vegetable oil together, look at me. Your boy loves some cake. Hello, everybody. I don't like the individual ingredients, but when you mix them together, I kind of like what comes out of it. So it is in certain chapters of your life. You look back over your life and go, man, why this ingredient, God? Why did this have to happen like this? Why did I have to go through this thing? The, here's, here's the truth of the matter. That the parts are always not representative of the whole. 
If you just eat eggs raw, it ain't the same thing as baking a chocolate cake. Oh, hallelujah. It just ain't the same thing. It don't taste the same way. And when you're in a bad chapter of your life and you see this ingredient, you go, God, why did I have to have that in my life? Because you don't see what God is making on the other side of this chapter. Chapters are just chapters. They just aren't the whole story. They're not everything. That is good preaching, ain't it? I've heard this once. It's better this one. I'm being honest with you. It's just not the whole story. And so many people give up inside of a bad chapter. They give up inside of a bad season. They go, why did this have to happen this way? Why is it? Here's, here's, here's the, the, the sad thing about so many people. They decide to sort of stop in a chapter. And they decide that chapter is going to define their life story. Here's those kind of people. Here's what they say. They say, that's the story of my, story of my life. I'm a day late and dollars short. Uh, that, that's just the story of my life. I, just, I, I take two steps forward and. Once that's the story of my life, that's just the way, that, that, that's just the way my life. If anything's bad's going to happen, it's going to happen to me. It's just Murphy's Law. That's the story of my life. And here's the truth of the matter. You don't realize that a day late and a dollar short was just supposed to be a chapter, not your whole story. Now listen, it was a broke chapter, but it's just, it's just a chapter in your life, everybody. It's not your whole story. And if you're not careful, you will sabotage your life story by embracing the chapter that you're in as the story of your whole life. You'll sabotage what God has planned for you beyond this chapter by embracing, I guess this is just the way it's always going to be. I guess I'm always going to battle this addiction. I guess we'll always have a tough marriage. I don't guess we're supposed to have a family that's together. I guess I'll never find love again. Let me tell you, don't, don't sabotage God's plans that you have for you just because of the individual season of the life that you are currently in because this is just a chapter. It may be a hard chapter. It may be a chapter of heartbreak and failure and mistakes but this chapter is not your whole story come on say amen to that it's just not meant to be your whole story and so many people sort of embrace this chapter and they stop growing and they, and they get to church or they get in my office or Ricardo, they get in your office as pastors and they say but pastor why, why did this happen I'm 40 and I don't understand this and really it has nothing to do with where I currently am it was because when I was 22 years old this bad chapter this horrible breakup this incredibly painful event happened and I sort of defined the rest of my life by, this, by the hurt of this chapter by the failure in this chapter and now here I am 40 years old or 45 years old and I've sabotaged everything else in my life because I couldn't get past my chapter. Let me tell you, just because you failed once doesn't mean you're a failure, everybody. If I'm the first religious person or first pastor to ever tell you this, one mistake doesn't mean you're out. Listen to me. I, I, I do not believe in unconditional eternal security. But I also do not believe in unconditional or conditional eternal insecurity. Let me tell you what that is. That's where you think God is standing in the heavens with a, with a pencil ready to erase your name out of the Lamb's book of life. That you got a hole written inside of your page, you know, where he erased so many times. Oh, he's in? Oh, I just saw that. He's out. Yeah, no, no. Oh, he's in? He's in? God's left-handed for some reason. He's in? Uh, he's out. He's out. He's in, he's out. I grew up thinking that I was in and I was out. And I was in. Listen to me. One failure and one mistake is not your story. That just may be a chapter that you're in. You can get up after that. You can have a better story past that. You don't have to sabotage the rest of your life and walk out on God because you had a bad chapter. That's good preaching, everybody. 
Chapters are just a part of your story. They're not the whole story. God has purposed you. Listen to this. God has purposed you and I to always live in victory. If you're following Jesus, if you've given your heart to Jesus, now listen to me. I didn't say he always purposed you to be happy. I said he always purposed you to be triumphant and live in victory. That is God's plan for you. 2 Corinthians says, I but thanks be to God who always, everybody say always. Come on, he always leads us in a triumphal procession in Christ. When Paul was writing to the church at Corinth, they knew what he meant by this. Here's what he meant. He said, you, you know when you capture another kingdom, when you take over another kingdom. In, in, in the ancient world, they would capture the, you know, the head of the military or the king of that kingdom or the prince or, or, or you know, maybe his whole family, that royal family. And they would tie them up and they would walk them through the city uh, uh, you know, that they were from. So in Corinth, if you had sort of captured and, and overtook another city, then you would take its king and tie him up and you would march him through the city of Corinth and everybody would cheer and here's what Paul said he said there's coming a time in your life when the thing that you battle listen close will be the thing that you tie up and you get victory over that God always causes us to sort of march through our city and go hey everybody just so you know I was in war with this thing I battled through this thing this was bloody it was hell it was hard I wish I didn't have to go through it but I've made victory on top of it and I just want to march it through town and let everybody know that God always causes us to triumph you feeling what I'm feeling? I'm going to stand on top of this sub right here so you feel what I feel. I'm telling you, God's called you to live inside of victory. You don't have to hold your head down just because you messed up one time. Just because that marriage didn't make it doesn't mean every marriage is going to fail. Just because that business failed doesn't mean every business failed. Get back up again. God causes us to always have victory. Shout amen to that. I can't get down again. Oh, boy. When you're short, you shouldn't do. Don't ever let me do that again, Brandy. I'm going to pull something and I'll be able to preach the rest of the week. Don't let this chapter of injustice or hurt or pain or failure or letdown be the final word in your life. Grab a hold of that thing and say, God, at some point, I don't know when, I don't know how, but God's going to cause me to, to be victorious over this. And I'm going to march this down my life. And I'm going to be able to point back to future generations and people around me. There's some people in your world who are, who are cheering for you to fail. Come on, everybody. They're cheering for your life to fall apart. Cheering for this not to make it. This marriage to fall apart. Oh, we've seen this before. Oh, they've gone to church before. Oh, they've been faithful before. Not this time. Listen, I'm going to put a wrangle around this thing. And I'm going to march it through my family. And I'm going to tell all of my family, hey, y'all, look what God gave me victory over. Look what God gave me victory over. Look how God has always caused us to, to, to stand in triumphal procession. Amen, everybody. Because the story isn't fully written just because I'm in a bad chapter. Number two, some of the worst chapters make the best stories. Some of the worst chapters of your life make the best stories. I, I like uh, 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 adventure and, and um, like suspense movies. Do you like that? I, like, I don't like horror movies. I think, you know, that you'll go to hell. Anyway, whatever. I, I don't, <laughs> you won't, you, I, I'm just kidding. You won't go to hell. But I, but I like suspenseful movies. I like, Brandy and I, we, we watched uh, several years ago, 24. Did you ever watch 24? You know, they come back with like a, a new one. It's not as good anyways. But Kiefer Sutherland, he was, he was Jack Bauer in 24. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Shake your head this way. Yeah. And, and, and we, I would love it every week. And you didn't know how it was going to happen. You just knew at the end of this, there were 
There were going to be Russian terrorists. There were going to be people. There were going to be bombs. And there were going to be everywhere. And people were going to have, you know, diseases. And their skin melting off. And, and, and Kiefer Southern was going to whisper the whole time. I don't know why he whispered. I don't know why Jack Bauer always, he didn't have a voice. I don't know. He preached. I don't know what happened to him. But he lost his voice. And he couldn't, he couldn't talk right the whole, the whole cotton picking show. Anyway, he, he was just, he, but he was always going to resolve in the end. It was always, it was the worst possible scenario the world was in. And in an hour, Jack Bauer had saved everything. It's amazing. I love the suspense of that. Here's the truth of the matter. Everybody likes adventure and suspense. And nobody knows what's going to happen in cliffhangers. We love Bible stories like that. We love Daniel in the lion's den. And, and little David and big uh, Ricardo, Goliath. You know what I'm saying? This same size difference. I'm saying we, just, we love this story. But listen, it's always amazing to me when a little bit of adventure or adversity comes into your life. Suddenly we hate this story. I like to read God closing the mouths of lions unless I'm the one in the lion's den. I like to celebrate that God can do anything. God's so powerful. Nothing's too hard for Him until I get sick. It's amazing to me that the worst chapters of your life always make the best stories. They're the things that you're going to look back on. You're going to go, you know what? This was the worst possible thing that could have happened to me. This is the worst thing that's ever happened. But God used this thing. And now, now the whole story is written. And I can look back and go, man, that's why God did that. Look what God did for me. Let, let, me, let me let you in on a little secret. You're never going to know the power of our God unless you are in a powerless situation. Let me say it a different way. You're never going to know God is a healer of any disease, all manner of illness, unless you get sick. Unless your baby's sick at 2 o'clock in the morning and you don't know what to do and where to go. And you just lay your hand. I'm telling you, we've done it countless times. You just lay your hands on your baby and say, God, this is your baby. I gave this baby back to you. And by your stripes we're healed. And you say, that sounds crazy. It sounds crazy until it's your baby. It sounds crazy till you get the bad report. Then you know God in a way you've never known Him before. How do you know He's a provider until you lose your job? How do you know God can heal any relationship until yours is rocky? How do you know, that this may be the worst chapter, but this is going to make the best story. That You can look back over your life and see God answering in a way that you could have never known God to answer before. Some of the worst chapters have the best victory. Some of the worst chapters is, I just want you to change how you look at your hard season. I, I want you to decide. I, I, this is not a season of defeat or a chapter of defeat. I'm just going to have a story of grace when I get out of here. Come on, everybody. I'm just going to use whatever's happening to me right now to help somebody else. It's always amazing to me what happens when God answers your prayer and somebody beside you in your world, you had no idea was going through the same thing. God uses you to help them. Is that ever happened to you? I know I, I don't I use my personal story. It's the only story I know really well. But Brandy and I struggling in infertility for years and years and years. And we wouldn't tell anybody. wouldn't tell a soul. We were embarrassed about it. We were, and then we finally started to, you know, we had two babies. They're healthy. And we, we started telling our story. Now I'm scared of her. Now I don't want to have no more babies. Come on. I got a boy and a girl. There's only two kinds they can make. You know what I'm saying? I don't need no more. But for, <laughs> you know, some of y'all got three or four kids. Y'all know. There can't be more of them than us, Brandon. There can't be. They're taking over, bub. You can't have more. You get outnumbered, bub. You can't play man-on-man -man defense. What you going to do? Y'all know what I'm saying. 
But I know, I, I know what it was like when we started talking about our struggle with infertility and telling our story that God's miraculous hand gave us two healthy babies. And I, if I had the, I, I literally, I couldn't give you the number of, of couples who've come to us and said, if God can do it for you, maybe he can do it for us. Tears falling out of their eyes. We've laid hands on countless couples and said, God, if you can give us a baby, you give them a baby. Why do you live through the worst chapter of your life? Maybe it's so that. There's somebody else along the way. Maybe there's a mistake you made that I know you're embarrassed about now. I know you wish it didn't happen. I know it was the worst chapter. But there's somebody else in your world you're going to be able to look at and go, Hey, I've been where you are. Hey, I, I made the same mistake. Hey, I had a marriage that didn't make it that I thought was going to. Hey, I know what it's like to bury a loved one. I, I, we, we buried babies. I, I know what it's like. I've been where you are. L- let me tell you, God's not through. And this is the worst chapter you've ever lived. But this isn't the whole story. Some of, the, some of the worst chapters make the best stories. Here's the third thing I want you to write, and i got to hurry. You may not decide the chapters, but you do get to decide the story. You may not get to decide the chapters, but you do get to decide the story. The truth of the matter is that you and I are not the sole authors of our life story. There are some contributing writers. You, you ever read a book that said, you know, it's written by this person and then in small print, there's another name, another author right there. Usually that person's the one that actually wrote the book. <laughs> and the guy with a big name is just, you know, trying to sell the book. But there's, there's a contributing author in that. Listen, you and I have contributing authors to our life story. Like, like families that we were born into. You didn't get to pick your family. Now look, if you're in church with your family, look straight ahead at me. You wouldn't pick them old crazy people you related to. You know you wouldn't. You know you've gone to your family reunion and looked around and said, Oh, dear God, how I'm adopted. I know I'm adopted. I'm not even brown. These folks are brown. I ain't even brown. I don't even know these people. I don't look nothing like these people. You didn't get to pick your family. Some of you grew up in hell. In abusive families. What do you say to a 12-year-old who says, Why me? Why did we get, why, why this family? Of all the families in the world. You didn't get to choose. You didn't get to choose what neighborhood you grew up in. I I know you you didn't get to choose. You know, living down the street in the projects from a crack deal. You didn't get to choose that, but it contributed to your life story. You didn't get to choose your classmates at school or teachers. That some of us didn't get to choose a church we attended. You know, Mama just sort of brought us. And some of you have had terrible religious experiences, and you had nothing to do with it. It just is where Mama brought you. You know, it's it's just the church you grew up in, and you got hurt, or worse than that. Some of us, we chose the person we married, but we wake up every day and wonder why. <laughs> because they're writing some of your life story. The person you married is not the person that you live with. And you're thinking, man, I, I, didn't, I didn't sign up for this. Like, I, th- this is the worst chapter of my life. I didn't, I didn't sign up for this. I didn't know it was. So, so the, the kids that we had. You ever looked at your kids? Y'all don't do this, but I, sometimes I look at my kids and go, why y'all? Why, why I got to have y'all? Why can't I have good kids like the Boyd kids? Why can't they? Why can't you? <laughs> usually, usually when they're acting bad, usually when they're acting up. This past week, we, Brandon and I went uh, spring break. and So we went to Houston for just a day. We just went down and came out to Houston. We were going to the rodeo. You ever been to the Houston rodeo? Yeah? You ever been to the Houston rodeo? Great. It's, it is, I don't know if there's a life. You know how they, like, they have reenactment like you know, like of the Ark of Noah's Ark, and you know what I'm talking about, like in Branson, like reenact. If you were to reenact hell, I think it's the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo. 
I've never been. I just, I think that's probably what it's like. There were between 11 and, and 13 million people there. And we walked, we walked for hours. Literally, we walked for hours before we ever got into the rodeo. And all in, ba- it was spring break week, which that's terrible. And then we, we didn't know this. If you're from Houston, we went on Wednesday. And Wednesday is Value Wednesday. And so all kids under 12 are free. So there were 11 million stinking bad kids. I'm talking about bad kids. Just running around everywhere. It was miserable. And we just looked at each other. And we were like, we're not in the right chapter. for like we, This is not the right season. There's some stuff you can't do with a 5-year-old and a 2-year-old. You know what I'm talking about? You just, you just can't do that. And you look around and you go, well, I don't know why everybody else's kids is acting right. But these kids is done. They is done. I'm done. I want to leave y'all here with a horse and go home. Look around at your life and say, man, I didn't get to choose all this. I didn't, I, I, didn't get to, I didn't get to choose the chapters. I'm not the only one here. Yeah, but you do get to write the story. God creates all the animals. Everything that was created, He created. I don't know if He created individual breeds or not. I don't really know how that all worked. I, I don't know if God just made one dog or if He made all dogs. You know, like I think, I think the devil made pit bulls, you know. But I think, like I think God made you know, golden doodles. Come on, everybody. I just, they're just cute little Holy Ghost filled dogs. You know what I'm talking about? They're just little old curly Holy Ghost dogs. I love them. I, I, think, I think God made them. But I don't know how it all worked. But he made every animal that was. And then he goes to Adam. Listen close. Then he goes to Adam and he said, Hey, I made all of these animals. Now you name them. Now if you're Adam, you're going, No, whoa, 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 whoa. You, you mean I didn't have any say and what this ugly animal is, he's got a long, you know, snout, and he's big, and he's got leathery skin, big old ears, and, and I don't even know, I didn't get to create him, but now I have to name him. God said, yeah, I'll worry about creating, you worry about naming. Listen close. Don't ever name the chapter you're in while you're in it. Because there's some chapters in your life that when you're in them, you'll name them hell. And when you get out of them, you'll look back and name them blessing. There's some scenarios that God has arranged in your life that you had no control over. God created them. Other people created them. Other scenarios. It happened to you, not because of you. It, wasn't, it had nothing to do with you. It was your family. It was your mom and dad. It was, it was an abusive situation. You had no choice in the matter. But you do choose what you name the chapter that you're in. You choose whether I'm going to name this chapter. Is this going to be my stumbling block or is this going to be my stepping stone? Is this going to be the chapter where I get bitter or is this going to be the chapter where I get better and let me just give you a piece of advice don't ever name it while you're in the middle of it because there's some stuff in your life that while you were going through it it was the worst chapter you could have ever imagined you ever looked back on your life and go oh my goodness what if that happened you ever gone to a class reunion and saw a girl you were engaged to and she looks like now that she ate the girl that you used to be engaged to. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> you know, she got a beard. You know what I'm talking about? She bald. I'm talking about she. Dang, girl, like you in a circus. I 
was engaged to her. And you look back over your life and you go, man, when, when that broke up, when that business failed, I, in the middle of that, I named that hell. That was the most hurtful situation. I couldn't believe that the business that I had poured my life into crumbled. I couldn't believe my dream job they fired me from. I couldn't believe the marriage that I thought was the right one crumbled apart. And then you get to the other side of it and you look back and you go, oh my goodness, I am so glad that I didn't stay in that chapter. Come on, everybody. God has a bigger story for you. Don't name the chapter that you're in while you're in it. Wait till you get to the other side when you can look back and see God's hand in it the whole time. Where you can see God moving in a way that you had no idea God was moving in your life. We don't control all of the chapters, but we do control the story. Our musicians are coming. Let me hurry. I'm, I'm getting hungry, so I, I, that's usually the sign i got to stop. <laughs> I wish that wasn't true. <laughs> oh, it is. Here's the last thing I want to tell you. The end of a chapter is not necessarily the end of the story. When a chapter ends in your life, it doesn't mean it's the end of the story in your life. Days like today, listen close. You're gonna to have to. You're gonna to have to think a little, a little meta. I'm a, I'm a metaphorical preacher. You know, I'm not. I try not to be, but I want you to stretch a little bit. Listen close. We're in a season-changing day. You follow what I'm saying? It's winter, and then, and then tomorrow you wake up. It's spring. It, this is the day. This is the season when most people lose out with God. Just before the season changes. I wish somebody would have wrote a song about that, Ricardo. Right, write that down. He did, he did, I tell you, he did. This is the day that most people go, well, I guess this is it. it you, you can't see that tomorrow, it looks like a normal day on the calendar, but something happens in the spirit and seasons change. It feels just like it felt today, except tomorrow it's spring and today it's winter. There's some of you who have given up on your life story. Because a chapter was ending. I got to tell you, in the the last parts of our time together, the end of your chapter doesn't mean it's the end of your story. We're entering the Easter season, four weeks from Easter. I like Easter to be celebratory. I like a a big celebration. If if there's one thing that, you know, if if you're going to find error in the way that I preach, I just like preaching happy. I like preaching up. I like celebrating. I think this is the best life. I think you ought to have the most fun in church. I just, I don't think church ought to be sad all the time. Everybody. But the truth of the matter is, this this season, you know, there's a part of this season we have to deal with, and that's the cross. This is the worst chapter in, in the life of the Son of God, in the life of human history. I mean, this is, this is the worst chapter. This is the Son of the living God. It goes through a Mickey Mouse trial and and, and he's beaten beyond recognition. The Bible said you couldn't recognize whether he was a human or a dog. A crown of thorns on his head. Not just a little bit. But most, most scholars believe it was pressed so deep into his skull. And, and, the, and his, brain, his brain fluid like in, that he had seizures. He was seizing uncontrollably. Beat till his back had opened. Uh, 
the, the reason why he, he couldn't carry the cross, you know, all, all the way up the hill and Simon had to take it is because he had lost so much blood and just horrific, the worst possible chapter. He gets to the top of the hill and they nail his hands and his feet and they pierce his side and they mock him. And I can see the thousands of people that are gathered there. I don't know, in the movies, I, don't, I think it's more than that. I think, there, I think there's people off in the distance. I think there's a few hundred people who he raised from the dead. You know, the Bible would say he would walk into a whole city and every, every sick person in the whole city would be healed. He would heal them all. I think some of them came that day. They, they may have stood off in the distance, but I think there were a lot of people looking and just watching, thinking, how can this happen? This is the worst chapter he's ever lived in. Why him? Why this chapter? Why did this have to go down this way? We don't understand. This doesn't make sense. And then Jesus, after enduring all of this horrific part of the crucifixion, he, he, the, the Spirit of the living God sort of leaves His body. He looks at God the Father and He says, Why have you forsaken me? And the Son of God is left abandoned. The human flesh of Jesus Christ is left all abandoned. And the weight of the world, literally the sin of all humankind on one human body. And He says in this voice that I can only imagine what everybody thought. They're thinking the same thing he's thinking. He says these three words. It is finished. Some of you who are at the end of the worst chapter of your life. You've decided to write it off with an it is finished. I guess my marriage is just finished. This is all it's ever going to be. This is just the way I'm going to have to. I'm going to always be in pain. This is just the way it's going to be. I'm just going to live with this pain. Some of you have come to church today with it is finished in your spirit. I just, this is the end of the chapter. This must be the end of the story. (laughs) My friends, the most incredible event in human history was only three days away from the worst event human history. Listen to me. Some of you are a weekend away from your own resurrection. Don't give up in the meantime. The end of the story isn't fully written yet. This chapter is finished, but this isn't the whole story. As a matter of fact, this isn't even the part of the story you're going to celebrate. In just a couple of days, you're going to get resurrected and look back over your life and go, Oh my goodness, this is what God had planned all along. This was God's plan for me. This was that comeback story that God, this is what the preacher was preaching about. This is where God worked it out, where nobody else could have worked it out. No one else could have changed it like this. This is my resurrection. I know it looks like it's finished to you, but it's not finished, my friends. It's not over right now. Nothing is completed yet. It's just the end of a chapter, but the story is still being written. Don't give up in a season change. Stand to your feet. Oh. God, I wish y'all knew me in a previous life. I feel like preaching my socks slam off. I can't, Rudy. They won't come back. Bow your heads and close your eyes. I got to tell you, don't give up in the season change. Don't give up when the, when the, when the chapter looks over. Don't give up when, it, when, when, when the end of your life. It just seems like, man, this is not, 
I don't know if this is ever going to make it. I don't know if we're ever going to get through this. Because I don't want you to leave in, in a season change. I don't want you to lose out with God. So take your spouse by the hand. Take your, your family. Put your arms around them. Put your family around you. Let me pray for you, Father. I declare that this is not the end of the story. That this is just a chapter and this chapter isn't my whole story. That failure isn't my whole story. That, that, that thing that happened, in, in the, that, that loss that I have, that failure, that mistake, that, it, it doesn't define my whole life. I refuse to be defined by that one thing. Come on, pray that way. I refuse to be defined by, by that one mess up. I'm coming back from this. This is not my whole story. I know I didn't get a chance to, to write all the pieces of it. I know, I know, but I do get a chance to name it something. I've decided to name this the life of victory. I've decided I'm just going to come out of this. I've just decided that it's not over in my life. That it doesn't matter that this chapter's ending. That this marriage may be coming to a close. It doesn't matter that that business failed or this job is over with. It doesn't matter we lost this house or it doesn't even matter what who we buried kind of what it I tell you what Matt my story is still being written and it's not over yet now father I pray for that kind of comeback story in the room today 